I was thinking about this uh, this week, actually, just how I take this for granted that we get to do this. Uh, we have people this morning that will be from a dozen different nations around the globe that will be attending in person and online, all different cultural backgrounds, socioeconomic statuses, even different political parties that come together and unite around the things of Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to take it for granted that we get a little slice of heaven every time we come together, and I can't wait to look forward to what one day heaven is going to be like. And this morning, we're kicking off a new teaching series. We're going to talk about how you could actually, like you'll have a relationship with God in heaven, how you could actually hear from God and experience him in your life today. You know, I was thinking about this. We're kicking off this brand new teaching series uh, on prayer and, you know, we had lots of creative sessions of trying to come up with a name and title for the sermon series. And after hours of work, we came up with this incredible title, Prayer. You know, <laughs> we're just going to keep it simple for two weeks to talk about how to actually pray, how to communicate with God and experience him in your life. And anybody go up to Anderson on Friday night for that worship service? It's incredible what the Lord is doing right now. A lot of times we read the Bible and we think, man, God used to move 2,000 years ago. And in the last three and a half years, we've seen God move in ways we never have in the history of our church. And I look back to like how it all started with a moment of prayer and why what we're talking about today really matters. And that if revival is going to happen in our lifetime, we have to believe that God still moves and works and acts. And when we come together like this and get a little taste of heaven, that we actually get to experience something that most human beings never get to experience. Am I preaching too soon? Because I'm a little fired up this morning. I think that what we're talking about matters incredibly. In fact, I would argue could be one of the most important things over the next two weeks, as we talk about prayer, it's really what we're really doing, and I even hate to say this, can you believe uh, summer is almost over? Whew. Uh, that hurts, doesn't it? And in a couple of weeks, for those who have uh, students, they're going to be going back to school soon. <laughs> for those online, we had a couple praise gods down front. Uh, I get it, I get it. And... But the reality is uh, things are always moving, things are always changing, and getting to hear from God and experiencing him is something that many people never get to do. I, I compare it to like a wave. If anybody went to the beach this summer, if you couldn't afford to go to Florida, maybe you, you went out to Geist to the beach there, I don't know, but there's no waves there. But if you go to the ocean, there's waves that are continually coming in, right? And, and those waves, it never stops. Sometimes they get bigger and sometimes they get smaller. And I find that God is constantly pursuing us inviting us to join with him, to ride the, the wave of life with him. And I don't know about you, but without prayer, I, I see a lot of people never connecting with God, never joining with that wave and just sitting out there going back and forth in a crazy chaotic world, getting sick to their stomach over what's happening around us rather than joining with what God is doing. I want to join with what he's doing. But you might say, well, why don't more people pray then if it's this incredible experience of joining with the wave of life that God is trying to usher into my life. Why, why don't more people do it? Well, I don't know why you don't do it, but I thought of just a few reasons why people don't pray more. Uh, number one, 
Maybe you don't know how. No guilt or shame about any of this this morning. We're just gonna have a real conversation about prayer. Maybe you literally don't know how. Maybe you've seen people pray or had people tell you that they hear from God and you've tried it and it's never worked out for you. We'll talk about that. Maybe number two, any of the ADDers in the room, you get distracted easily. You begin praying and the next thing you know, you're like squirrel and you get so distracted and you miss out on actually connecting with God, or some of you in the room, uh, you've dedicated your prayer life to the 30 seconds before your head hits the pillow, and whenever you start praying, it's like, bam, out immediately. No guilt to say, but these are why people don't pray a little more. Maybe for you, it's number three, you think God doesn't really care, or your requests aren't actually that important. We'll talk about uh, that this morning as well. Or maybe number four, you're not sure your prayers even matter. Because let's be real, God's God. He's in control of the universe. If you believe in God, he's omnipotent, omnipresent. He's all those things. He's all-knowing. Why would he even care what you have to say? And it's not like he's going to listen to it anyway. He's going to do what he wants. Maybe you've even prayed prayers and he didn't answer them the way that you want it. We're going to talk about all of these things, but what I want to get down to is just the base level. Sometimes we can make prayer super complicated. Memorize these things. Say the right words. Tune your body into the right physical position so that God can hear you. And yet throughout scripture, it doesn't say any of that. Prayer is just simply communicating with God. That's it. Prayer is communicating with God. I invite you to power on your Bible, turn on the book rack to Psalm chapter five. Psalm chapter five. I'm doing something a little different this morning. I love to get into like a passage and go deep into that passage. But I thought, man, this is only two weeks on prayer. We got a lot to cover. And so this is going to be a topical message this morning uh, throughout the Old and New Testament on prayer. And I want to show you in these three verses in Psalm 5 how the psalmist is actually going to communicate with God in a real way. He's not putting on a show here. Psalm 5, verse 1. Are you ready to study God's word together, church? Come on now. It says this in verse 1. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. First thing there, if you don't know what the word lament means, it means like, you're upset and you're crying out to God. You're suffering. And I find it interesting that the psalmist here feels entirely comfortable lamenting, and there's an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations that is teaching us how to lament and to cry out to God. In fact, the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament, it has 22 chapters. Do you know why it has 22 chapters? Because there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and each chapter begins with the next letter in the alphabet that God is literally teaching us how to lament and cry out to him from A to Z. So if you're here today and you're struggling with prayer, I want to tell you the Bible is full of people going to God and really communicating what's actually going on in your life. Because guess what? He already knows it, right? But he's wanting you to communicate, and to talk to him. Verse two, hear my cry for help, my king and my God, for it's to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. He's gonna share his real feelings and desires, and then he's, I love that last part. He's actually waiting and expecting God to communicate back. And I find many of us, when we pray, we kind of pray atheistic prayers, 
we don't actually expect that God is real and that he's going to communicate back with us and respond to our prayers. But I want to challenge my own faith this morning. I want to challenge each of us in this room to begin a prayer life over these next two weeks and maybe fresh expression of communicating with God that you've never experienced. Will you pray with me? God, I first want to say uh, there are prayer warriors in this room that are way more qualified to even talk about this. So I God, I pray that whatever I have to say that's not from you would fall on deaf ears. What's in your word would go right, cut right to our soul. And we begin this moment this morning by just acknowledging the presence of your Holy Spirit here in the room, that you're real, that you're with us right now, that you're, you're with people in their homes and apartments around the globe, in their cars, and maybe even on a boat, wherever you're communicating this message, God. We pray that we would hear from you and it would transform our way of thinking about prayer. We love you, Jesus. We give you this time. We pray this in your name and all God's family said, amen. Amen. You know, uh, if you've been attending long enough, you probably know that I have three children, uh, 8, 11, and 14, and I won't share which kid this is, but I had one kid when they were very young who was really into the crane game. You know what the crane game is where you put in like a dollar or like sometimes $100 into that machine, and then you have the little joystick, and you try and press the button, and a crane goes down, and it begins to pick up the item, the toy that you're trying to collect or the tickets. And you get really excited because you just won the game. And then it picks it up and then it always shakes at the top. And somewhere in the process of bringing it back, it always drops the item that you just thought and you had this joy and everything in you just dies. Well, my son, I made the mistake when I was a younger dad to put money into one of those machines. And the item would get picked up and then it would be, drop and this kid thought that I was doing it on purpose and began to get angry at with me. Even at one point, I realized I would never want to play this game again. It was, they were a toddler, so I'll let it go. But like, got very upset, came over there, kicked me in the shin, and then said, you did that on purpose. I was like, well, what control do I have in this matter? And you know, I found about you, but I find sometimes in my life with God, that's a little bit how I communicate with him. God, give me this thing that I want. And if it, the prayer is not always answered the way that I desired it to be answered, then I'm just angry and frustrated like a, a toddler spiritually that you didn't do what I wanted you to do. And I know you're doing this on purpose because you really don't care about me. You've been there? You know, I saw this... Uh, this statistic online, so, you know, it must be true, that if you communicate with your spouse, a healthy relationship in a marriage takes at least 90 minutes of communication about real-life things during the week. Now, I have no idea if that's true, so don't base your life off of that. But I was thinking that's an interesting thought that it would require so much communication within a marriage relationship for us to really have a healthy marriage and I began to think about how the scripture talks about that, that, that Jesus Christ is the, the groom and we're the bride and that our relationship with God is meant to be, to be deep and intimate to where we actually know him, which is what prayer is all about, right? And I began to think in my own life, if I reflected on the number of minutes during the week, just like a healthy marriage, if I've reflected on the number of minutes during the week that I was actually praying and communicating with God about real stuff that I cared about, 
If, if I looked at those minutes, how would that reflect about the depth of our relationship? No guilt, no shame this morning, but I bet if many of us answered that question, we would quickly see why we don't have the strong relationship with God that we're desiring. I do want to challenge this this morning in our prayer life. I think every revival begins with prayer and repentance and saying, God, we need more of you. We want to know you more, build our faith more, build your kingdom more, use us more. But that requires actually talking to him. So simple message this morning. I've got four points. Some of you are like, four points. This is going to be like an 80-minute sermon. No, uh, I, I was very close on time this morning because I'm really passionate about this, that we actually live this out. And number one, if you're taking notes, if you want to talk to God and actually develop your faith, it has to be, with, it has to be honestly and humbly. A lot of times we think we have to you know, create these big prayers but it's actually honesty and humility that God is after. Look at Exodus chapter 5, verse 22. Moses is called by God to go tell the, the king, Pharaoh, that to let his people go, which was essentially the entire workforce of the Egyptian government. So he goes to him and does it, and Pharaoh begins to hurt and harm Moses' very people. And he turns to God, and Moses says, Return, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord? Why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Now, I think a cursory look at the passage, you might walk away thinking that Moses is a bit of a whiner. I would argue that's not what's happening. Moses is doing what God desires of us. You think God didn't already know Moses was feeling those and experiencing that type of feeling? You think God doesn't know that you're upset that your relationship didn't work out? That your, your struggles with your addictive habits are frustrating you and you're about to cave again? You think God doesn't know that you're angry about losing your job or you're scared about what's to come in the future for your kids or you're concerned about the future of our society or whatever? You think God doesn't already know those things? The, the thing that Moses is doing here, he's actually communicating what he's feeling and experiencing, and it's only when we're honest with God that we get to experience more of him and know him more in our lives. In fact, it's not just that we need to be honest in our prayers. This might be the most important thing this morning, that we're honest and we do it with humility. Look at Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus, and he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. You know, it may not look like that in our society today, but you've, you've seen these types of people before. It's probably some of us in the room. Where all of a sudden, when we begin to pray, we turn into like a, a you know, 16th century British person. <laughs> oh, thy Lord, that you would hear uh, my prayers unbeknownst to those around me, right? Like you, you come in and all of a sudden you start talking differently. You repeat God's name over and over again, right? We have these tendencies to feel like we have to have these grandiose prayers so that God would hear us and that people would be impressed. And, and the Bible speaks directly against that. It actually, in verse 6, says you should go alone into your room and, and cry out to God there because it's, a, it's humility of responding to God. Say, God, I want more of you. 
Not to put on a show for anybody that God actually responds to. Look at verse seven. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. There's a play on words that's going there. The word pagans is like barbarians and the babbling in barbarians sounds very similar. It's like you guys just go on like the barbarians, like the babbling about all of these things, making it sound like you're praying these grandiose prayers. But he says, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. But when you go to God in humility and are just honest with him about what you're frustrated about, what you're excited about, it's like any relationship. You begin to get to know him more and it develops that bond in your relationship that maybe you haven't had before. It's sometimes in those moments that God is wanting to grow our faith the most. Number one, we talk to God honestly and humbly and number two, We can talk to God about everything, everything, because he cares. Anything going on in your life, if you're like, I didn't uh, memorize, you know, the Lord's Prayer or certain ways of praying, everything can be prayed about because God actually cares. Look at Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're at the pool, When you're uh, struggling with anger over something that happened at your kid's baseball game yesterday and you couldn't leave it on the field, in every situation, God can care. Did baseball just end? We didn't have baseball yesterday, did we? I don't know, baseball uh, families out there. But every situation, you can actually pray and talk to God and he cares about what's going on. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The beautiful thing about prayer is that God is always with you and you can cast all that fear, all that anxiety, all that worry that you're having and actually turn it over to him. I want to give you an example of that because I think sometimes what we think it's only at stake is our well-being and I'll just suffer because that, you know, I'm used to that. There's so much more at stake when we're communicating, communing with God. We get to hear more from him. His spirit begins to work in ways we couldn't see before. We get to see the fruit of God's work in us and the lives of other people. Do you realize that it's almost five years ago that this church, there was only one Mercy Road church, and we began to pray, God, we're running out of space at this building. What do you want us to do? You know, and instead of the prayers that some of us would have loved to have hear, the response of like, you know, Find a, a megaplex and, and, and do the next step. Nothing wrong with that. I want to reach people any way we can for Christ. And someday we will probably add on to this property if we're able to. But that's not what God said. God said, take the church, send them out in four different directions and start four new Mercy Road churches. We'd already started Multiply Indiana and planted a lot of churches, but we weren't getting enough people to go. So we started these Mercy Road churches to send them out. And we decided to try and raise $3 million over three years. And it was this huge vision. We're like, God, what's going on? And we began to do it. And a year and a half into it, right when we're launching two of the first four churches, guess what happened? A global pandemic broke out. And we were like, God, what are you doing? We had just bought the, the building off of 465 over there. That's Mercy Road Northwest today. And we're like, God, what are you doing? They had just launched six weeks ago. We began to pray. I'm telling you, in that moment, I had some prayers with God. Why did you put us in this situation? What are you doing? 
I've had many moments in my life, I don't know about you, where I've experienced stuff like that. The same thing happened when we moved from California to Indiana to start the first church and we lost a child along the way. In each of those moments, it's like, God, why, why do you do the things that you're doing? You know what I found every single time? It's in those moments that God grows our faith the most. Because humans, we respond one of two ways. We either lean into him and we're honest with him and we get in humility. We say, but we don't know better than you. Help us, God. Or we get angry and we turn the other way and don't express our anger to God and begin to cut him out of our lives. I want to tell you, he cares about you. You can cast your anxiety and your worry on him. And when you do that, you will begin to see your own faith blossom. You know what happened next? Like we got through all of that and then we started uh, Northeast and in that first two years of the pandemic, the, the family of churches doubled in size. Like how that happened, I still can't even tell you to this day. But I really believe God is real and he moves and he responds to prayer and he was communicating with us and we were obedient to riding that wave that he was calling us to live out. And then the final one was gonna be Anderson, Indiana. And we had raised a very small amount to plant a portable church. And somebody had come to us and said, hey, here's this building that I'll give you for free. The problem was it had sat vacant for eight years. There were lots of raccoons living in there. Uh, it was many break-ins. There had been many ministries who had looked at purchasing that property and looked at the renovations and said, nope. And yet God was calling us into that and we began that process, and while we ended up doing it financially for less than anybody said we would be able to, it was still a significant stretch, and yet God showed up, and then the renovation took longer, and things, it was hard to get, you know, workers during that time, and all of a sudden, this project that was going to take six months to a year took a whole lot longer, but then on Friday night, we got to open up the worship services for the family of churches. We gained occupancy last Wednesday of that property in Anderson. Yeah, that was a long time waiting. A lot of prayers and frustrations along the way and didn't know what to anticipate. That's a long ways from a lot of the Mercy Road churches. And we went up there and they are just exceeding every expectation. And I got to go to the first worship gathering there. Their grand openings are coming the four Sundays in August. Help us get the word out about it anywhere in Madison County, Delaware County, beyond. It's incredible what the Lord is doing. But just a quick 25-second video my wife took on her iPhone just of the packed-out space as we were worshiping together, dedicating that building to God. Let's watch this real quick. Isn't that cool to see that space just packed out with people and majority of them from Madison County and Delaware County? And, and, and the, the thing that I want to share with you, the prayer and the sacrifice and God, what are you doing? Man, last night, there were so many tears shed. On Friday night, there was so much emotion experienced. And here was the best part that they've just been spiritually making an impact way beyond what we thought they would do. They, they baptized 13 people. 13 people from that community at their first worship gathering in that building. 
There was a, a mom there who said I could, I could share this at that, that night, who was sitting on the front row, who I talked to her that her, her, that her and her husband were baptizing two of their children, and she said, uh, we are from the house right behind the building. And if you had not done this, we would never have been here and experienced God the way that we have. And then she shared with me later in the night how the number 13 had been significant to her, that that many people got baptized because they had lost a child. And during that time, I don't know if it was at 4.13 every day or if it was based off of Philippians 4.13, but whatever they had been crying out about during that time, God spoke to them and said, look, I'm still caring for you all this time later. And while I know you'd want your son with you, I'm still got you every step of the way. We don't get to choose the outcome of where the wave takes us in life, of where God takes us. And sometimes we don't even understand what he's doing. But all I want to share with you is that when we communicate with him, he cares about everything going on in our life more than anybody else will. In fact, as we commune and pray to God, kind of a next step for this church, for Mercy Road Carmel, beginning uh, the second Sunday in August, the last three Sundays of August, we're having the grand openings of Mercy Road Espanol right here at this church. And... Uh, we are starting at 1.30 in the afternoon, a Spanish uh, worship gathering, and they are beginning preview services here in the space, but we're having the grand openings those last three Sundays in August. And if, if you're like, are you starting like a, a church within a church? No, our vision with uh, Pastor Hassan is to see God bring different cultures together. And, and many of the Spanish-speaking people in our communities, the second generations uh, that predominantly speaks English, so they'll be attending our kids and student ministries. And like, it's just an amazing uh, unifying thing within our church to see cultures and languages come together and worship the Lord together. And so just know that's a big thing coming up this fall. And then I didn't share this at the other service. There are big things coming here. We've been looking. We found a way to potentially at least add significantly more seating in here without making it any more uncomfortable. And uh, I didn't believe that either, but I've figured out actually it is possible. And so there's a, a possibility our team is praying about that we take a next step in that way as we try and reach one more person for Christ. And each of these things, as we pray, it requires us to hear back and then to respond and do something about what God is communicating because he cares about what is going on in our lives and the culture around us. But don't think that you have to have these grandiose prayers. Just be honest and humble that, to know that he cares and then do this. Number three, pray continually. You know, you need to have alone time where you get alone in your prayer closet or wherever with God to communicate with him. But then know when you're in the checkout line at the grocery store and you feel like there's something you should pray about, you could pray right then. I don't think you have to get down on your hands and knees and get in a particular position to do that. You can do it. I don't care. But like, I want to tell you, you can be talking to God throughout the day. In fact, Scripture tells us to do that. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, rejoice always. Pray continually. Pray continually. That's the entire verse. <laughs> Pray continually in your lives. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That when we're praying continually, it's not that you need to do that, that somehow you will impress God with your persistence and then he will respond. The reason we do that is it builds our relationship with God so we can know him more. I encourage you to pray continually and use this, this acronym, I'm going to tell you this more, to keep pushing through, to keep pushing through. Pray until something happens. Real simple, okay? 
Now, when something happens, God may not answer your prayer the way that you want it. I've had that happen. Many of you know our story, so I won't get into it, but we prayed for our son to be healed. He had a genetic disorder. We saw minor miracles happen where he lived longer than he was supposed to. We thought we were going to get to take him home, and then he ended up passing away. And, and you don't get to determine the outcomes. God knows more than we do. But pushing through and praying continually until something happens, I believe is a biblical precept that God asks us to do so that we could know him more. And in losing our child, I never got to know God better in my life. And I say this often, I don't think my son is in heaven wishing he had more time on the planet making less of an impact because he impacted so many lives as we shared his story online and and even in sermons. And so I just encourage you this morning, whatever it is that you're struggling with, to keep pushing ahead, pray until something happens. That's what Hannah does in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Hannah has been wanting to have a child and she, she prays that God would answer that prayer. She keeps at it. She is persistent and God responds and he will give her a child Uh, but it will be different than she anticipated. And I don't believe that every time God is gonna give us what we want, but he asks us to pray until something happens. In fact, in this passage, uh, the verses won't be up there, but the priest actually thinks that she's drunk because she keeps moving her lips and praying and he's like, something's wrong. And she's like, no, I'm just pouring my soul out and expecting God to respond. And he eventually does. As we pray continually, we begin to grow our faith and knowledge of the Lord. We get to experience him more. And and I want to challenge you this week. Here's a really simple thing. See, next week, we're going to give you practical things. We're even going to do a prayer and fasting uh, uh, time together as a church family as we kick off our, our yearly Underground Jesus series in August. And so there's a lot of things coming. But this week is really simple. To try this week to pray continually. Throughout your day, take five seconds. Maybe you need to set a little alarm on your phone every so often to remind you, but to just pray continually throughout the day and see what that does to your faith and your development and your relationship with God. As you develop that meaningful time in those minutes, he begins to show up more. But number four, as we talk to God continually, know that you can't forget to listen. And don't forget to listen. And I don't know about you, I asked if there were any ADDers in the room. Anybody struggle with this at all <laughs> to make time to actually listen to God? I find that it's in the listening, sometimes the biggest moments I've ever had with God occurred. That the prayer to start Mercy Road Church happened because I made time in this little hotel room to just pray. And he said, move to Indiana, start a church. Three friends of high school are going to help you. One wasn't a Christian. Him and his wife got baptized there. And I just want to tell you that when we make time to listen, God does speak. Now, for some of you, I'm going to talk about this in a moment. If you have tried this and you don't hear from God, sometimes it's that persistent to keep pushing ahead that persistent prayer that over time, eventually God does show up. And I'll give you an example of that. But first, let me show you why we should listen. First Kings chapter 19. And after the fire came, a gentle whisper. Let me tell you the story of what's happening here. Elijah in the Old Testament is the only prophet left. There are hundreds of prophets of the false god Baal. And he's scared to death. But he, in this moment, 
he shows how real God is. In 1 Kings 18, he says God is going to rain down fire. And these false prophets, they dance around. They cut themselves. They try and do all these grandiose things to impress the gods, and nothing happens. And Elijah goes out there, and he builds a moat around the altar where the animal is laid. He soaks the altar in water, and then God rains down fire and burns up not only the sacrifice, but the water itself because the power of God was real. You know what happens right after that passage? 1 Kings 19. The reason there's a gentle whisper in this moment is because the very next passage, after Elijah, I love this, Elijah saw fire come down from heaven. How many of you, your prayer life would change after seeing fire come down from heaven in response to your prayer? And the very next chapter, he's hiding in fear because he's afraid God's not going to show up again. And, and God shows up and he says, Elijah, Elijah, you're missing the point here, man. Like, I am here with you wherever you go. And then there's a great earthquake and there's thunder and lightning and fire. And God's not in any of those. It was in the still, small voice of the Lord, the gentle whisper that he's going to speak to him. If you get alone with God this week, I'm telling you, there will be moments where you may begin to hear from God. And if you practice and you keep pushing ahead over time, eventually you listen enough, God's going to respond back to you. And it may not be the audible voice of the Lord, but in the still gentle whisper where you know what God is sharing with you. This church wouldn't exist if, it hadn't, if God hadn't spoken. The Anderson church wouldn't have happened last night if a group of people here hadn't heard and actually responded to the voice of God. I want to tell you it is real. God speaks today. And there are people out there, as that wave comes back and forth, that instead of joining with God and responding and developing a relationship with him where you get to experience life with him, we're just sitting there rocking back and forth in the deep ocean, getting sick to our stomach, getting angry with the world, getting angry with God and missing out on the relationship he desires for us. Now, if you say, yeah, but I've prayed and I don't hear anything back, sometimes it does take time. See, God's going to speak to Elijah, and then he's going to go pass the mantle of faith on to the next prophet, Elisha. But it took him listening to that voice. He had been running away, and he began to listen. Jesus said it like this in John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I see people over the last 20 years who attend church, and it becomes uh, something that gives them positive feelings so they can face their week. Great thing. I believe when you encounter God, you know, positive things can occur. Nothing wrong with that. But if we don't get the depth of what is really desired in Scripture is that you could know God, you could experience life with him, you could have a relationship with him. You're like, but I've, tr I've tried to pray and I don't hear anything back. I, I listen, but nothing occurs. I'm just hearing the thoughts in my head. Sometimes it takes time. God has a way of developing us in this area. You know, I always say, Joshua prayed and the sun stand stood. In that moment, he prayed this huge prayer. God showed up, made the sun stand still. And I don't know how that works scientifically, but I know it began in a moment of prayer. But you know what? That happened in chapter 10 of Joshua. There were nine chapters before that. There was all of uh, Deuteronomy before that where none of that is actually occurring. And Joshua took time to develop that relationship enough where he began to pray and to hear back. 
Yes, God can make the sun stand still. He can make the Red Sea part. He, he could take Noah and he could build this prehistoric Titanic and he could actually you know, save all of uh, creation in a moment. He could do miraculous and wonderful things when we respond in prayer to God and we hear back from him. But there are also moments where we pray and you don't necessarily hear back what you're wanting to hear yet. But it takes us listening over time. I've shared this story one other time. I think it was actually this year, recently even, but I always think of this when I think about listening to God. My friend, uh, Darren Earlywine, who uh, preaches out at the Northeast Church, he once was preaching at a large church and he was supposed to talk about prayer and listening to God. And he decided that, hey, if we actually believe that God speaks, then I'm gonna take a moment to listen to God and in front of thousands of people, he took the 25 to 30 minutes he had left in the message, and he laid down on his face listening to God for the remainder of the service. So I'm going to be doing that over the next 17 minutes together. Could you imagine? And I'm sure that would have been frustrating for some people, but, but there was one person there a good, who has become a good friend of mine that it was his first time in church in a really, really long time, and certainly a church like that ever. He had grown up uh, Jewish and was pretty much agnostic in his beliefs. And it was because he was at that service that day and he saw that Darren actually thought that he was gonna hear from God, that he was like, what is this all about? He actually thinks he's gonna hear from the God of the universe? And he began to attend our church over on College Avenue back in the day and it was three years of him praying and he began to see God answer prayers. And after three years, he responded and he heard from God in a moment of prayer and surrendered his life. He was baptized right there in that tank as well. He's been a leader in, in, in the ministry here for many years now and a good friend. What we're talking about matters. God still moves and works. Every great revival begins with us actually hearing from God. And rather than going back and forth like this for the rest of your life, getting frustrated and angry over things and the way it's turning out, express those frustrations to him. Communicate in an actual relationship and join with what he's doing. Be carried by him. I'm telling you, there will be more churches than just five Mercy Road churches. We believe that by the year 2050, we're gonna see a million people come to Christ through Multiply Indiana and the greater work of the advancing coming kingdom of God. God. It begins with repentance. It begins with prayer. It begins calling out and developing the type of faith that when we pray, we actually wait expectantly because we think God speaks and he's going to answer it. And I want to challenge you this week to try it out one week to continually just cry out to him during the week and see if you begin to see anything change in your life. And if you did that over the course of time, for many years, I'm telling you, you're going to see God move and work. There are times where I'm frustrated and angry in my life, and I begin to pray about that thing, whether it's man, uh, uh, marriage issues, or man, stuff with my kids, or man, stuff at work, or it's the stuff that's happening in our culture around us, or frustrations with people that I interact with. And inevitably, as I go and pray, I usually come back going, oh, thank you, God. I usually end up repenting of my own sin. And before you know it, he begins to bring healing 
healing and reconciliation. We need lots of hard work in our society, but man, I, one of the things that frustrates me more than anything, if you are a Christian and you think that prayers don't matter, action matters too, but prayers, it's the source of power and the authority of the God of the universe that created everything in six days, who knitted you together in your mother's womb that knows every hair on your head. I don't know about you, but I don't just want my action alone. I want my actions to be fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit as I encounter him through prayer, as I grow in faith, hope, and love because of what he is doing. And I invite you right now just to respond in prayer with me. God, we pray for a greater work. I pray, God, that, that we as a church family would take prayer and fasting so incredibly serious. We, we have a staff member now that's dedicated just to that. And as we develop prayer and fasting throughout the year and we, we do a short fast in the month of August, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you grow our faith because of it. That we learn how to pray continually, to keep pushing through, to ride the wave of life that you've called us into. But then, God, that last thing, I pray right now, that you tell us just to listen as well, that your still small voice wants to speak to us. So just as we close out our time together, I pray if there's anybody in the room right now, God, that has never surrendered their life to you as Lord, that you would literally speak to them right now and they would respond. God, help us to have the humility to open up to you, to be real and honest about you, our feelings towards you and towards others. We receive your forgiveness and grace this morning, God. We repent of our sin. Those of us who have been Christians a long time right now, he's here with us. He already knows the stuff that you need to repent of. Just do it. Be free. Don't live in chains anymore from that. We repent, God. We draw near to you. We welcome you into our lives. We thank you for your still small voice. Help us to listen and respond. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name and all God's family said. Amen.